Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented, episode 199. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. And then we got that and out of the way. You know, we, we missed that one last time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes but, we space. Uh, We're just so anxious to get into the conversation. So many conversations to get into. Well, like, uh, where do we start? Because since we've talked last time, Steve Bannon has been fired slash quit. Blown out. Yeah. Can't fire me. Fuck this place. I'm out of here. Which, which leaves some questions. Uh, well, to lay the ground, I mean, we talked about off air the um the article i know well at least you and i did chris the article that steve bannon the um interview that steve bannon claimed was off the record which i don't know how you own breitbart and not understand how to talk to reporters but (laughs) but clearly just the bag of money or bag of other things from from what I understand of the timeline on this, he knew a week prior that he was going to be out, and the optics I I believe this is me theorizing on this the the optics of kicking Steve Bannon out of the White House at the same time that uh, they were dealing with the Charlottesville nonsense just didn't look good, and they wanted to like wait a week so that they could not make it look like it was an association. Like, hey, uh, I know you didn't like the president's response to Charlottesville, but here's your consolation prize. We're going to fire Steve Bannon, who we all know is racist, right? <laughs> sure. Why the so, fuck not? Or or at least, um, you know, on the other side of maybe actually losing some support from the alt-right because this this is kind of the granddaddy of the alt-right in the White House and ejecting him at this in almost in response to uh, Charlottesville would look very bad. And, you know, clearly the, the way Trump has, has gone back and forth on this issue, I mean, he knows he needs to denounce racism, but he knows that he also needs to talk to the people in his base that continue to support him no matter what. I, so, you know, I just wonder why he doesn't, send out someone to these splinter groups that people are saying he needs to denounce and just, mm-hmm. you know, because let's not act like that can't happen. You know, there's people yeah. he can contact and be like, look, go to him and like, be like, look, you know, I can't fucking sit here and sing your praises in public, but you know, I got your back. So I'm going to go ahead and read this re this pre pre-written bullshit statement, but you know where my heart's at. Well, you know why? Because they're fucking idiots and they can't keep their mouths shut. If if somebody from Trump actually reached out to these groups, they would start tweeting about it immediately because they need any kind of justification that they get. And we already talked about how Trump's comments were praised because he, he said that there were good people that were marching alongside of Nazis, KKK. I mean... 
what is your definition of good people? Because I don't know any good people that would march alongside of somebody dressed like a Nazi. I just don't. I know I, you could look at them as empirically good, like, well, you know, they may have hateful thoughts, but, you know, they just uh, are, you know, they, they're a family person and, and, and they give to charity and, and whatever, you know. <laughs> and that's saying love that, his dogs. <laughs> right, whatever, whatever excuses you want to make for that. But, as long as it's a charity that gives to, you know, white people. Right. He's, clearly he's not, down. Clearly not everybody was all the way to the Nazi side. Clearly there's a spectrum, but that whole side of the spectrum is tainted. But, okay, so Steve Bannon was supposed to be out that weekend. They had to give it another week to let the ship blow over and make it look like it's not associated. But in the meantime, gives the interview where... He really spoke his mind about a lot of Trump's policies. I mean, he didn't go after Trump personally, but he directly contradicted actions of the White House, recent actions, most notably saying that there really was no plan for North Korea. And uh, unless you're, you're willing to see Seoul get wiped off the map, basically. And it doesn't even have to be nuclear weapons they have enough forces to just march over the the border real quick and take over that city so now that bannon's out of the office and trump has by the way tweeted about him in praise which is kind of a that's a really rare thing for him i couldn't think of another example of somebody leaving the white house to praise now he's said you're you're general like niceties about somebody when they when they leave in a conciliatory fashion like sean spicer you know he didn't slag sean spicer after he left but sean spicer is just a tool the people that he butts heads with enough in the white house that they need to go he's pretty talkative about his opinions so it was interesting that he didn't call out steve bannon for any of the number of things that he could have taken issue with in this article. And Steve Bannon, outside of the White House, is now saying that he's ready to go to war. Kind of vague, with an understanding that he was going to go to war with the same agenda, which a lot of it still does line up with the White House. With did, Trump, you say, did, you say kind of, did you say kind of vague? Kind of vague, yes. I mean, he I'm sorry, I thought you said that for a minute. I thought you were like, it's kind of vague. Fake. <laughs> I was like, where'd that accent fake. come from? <laughs> Fucking fake. <laughs> but, you know, okay. I, I got you. Sorry. It's just, I was like, did you slip into an accent I didn't know you could do? <laughs> no, I mean, it, he didn't have like a, a concrete statement about like fighting for Trump. You know, he was still for the same policies that align with Trump's, but he was definitely against what he considers to be globalists in the White House, like Jared Kushner and uh, and his wife, uh, Trump's daughter. So I guess the big question is, what does this really mean? Does it mean nothing? Because maybe this was just an amicable split or just a way to go, hey, Steve, maybe you would actually be better over at Breitbart steering that a little bit more to help us out with all this fake news and all this media that's after me. 
Yeah, go go work the propaganda end of the of the Reich. Yeah. Or what? Or is this really Steve Bannon throwing his hands up and saying, "I can't work with these people anymore," and just focusing on his main isolationist, completely America first agenda, oh, no. and I, I, and possibly with another candidate for twenty twenty even. I I guess I, my guess would be he got the boot from Trump and. He got, I think, well, he got the boot from Trump, but I, I think it's because of what Jared Kushner. Like, if Trump was forced to take sides between Jared Kushner and, and Steve Bannon, who disagreed on just about everything that covered policy outside of the U.S., I think that, well, first of all, Trump has given Jared Kushner a lot more to do than he has Steve Bannon. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think... I don't even know what his official title in the White House was, like special advisor or something. I mean, anyway, if forced to choose between the two, it seems like you would certainly go with Jared Kushner because hey, say he what, seems competent. What you want about seem seem what you want about the guy uh, about Trump. He is loyal to his family to a fault. Well, to, to kick you out know, the I, drunk uncle, you got to go. I saw an article that was interesting about Trump as far as his loyalty goes, and they pointed out that, and they and they they gave examples throughout the article, um, video and quotes, and it it really kind of convinced me honestly. And it was that he has a problem criticizing anyone who who speaks well of him. Now, the minute you speak ill of Trump, all bets are off. He takes the gloves off. He goes full on fucking DefCon, you know, four on your ass and. It's over with. He's going to do his. I mean, you know, he's going to he's going to do exactly what he did with Hillary, what he did with Rosie O'Donnell, what he does with anyone who speaks out against him. But like, you know, he met with what Steve Harvey, Kanye West, you know, people who. Let's be honest. What the fuck do them and Trump have in common? Hardly anything at all. And wealth. And 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 he's like. You know, oh well, you know, gee, I just love these guys and blah 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 blah, and they both took heat because they they didn't they didn't leave the meetings going. Well, I need to go douse myself in holy water and Purell because I just met with the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they actually is- they came out speaking well of him in certain aspects, and yeah, he's like uh, apparently flattery is the way to his heart. Flatter him and. At least in public, and you're good to go. So I mean, if right. that's if that's if that's the, how the bar is set for Trump, then this turnover we're seeing, because this isn't this isn't anything new. I mean, this turnover in this no. administration is is unfucking precedented <laughs> in like, I mean, Se- like seven what? months. <laughs> I mean, I, I there was there was there was a uh, 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 NPR report about how. It's been, I want to say, like close to 200 years since they've had, since we've had a president in office where the first seven months had this type of turnover from people that he's appointed or, you know, people that he's given the green light to. And, you know, this isn't going anywhere. This is going to be how it is for as long as he's in office. This is what businessmen do. Are you a sycophant? Are you a yes man? Are you are you an ass kisser? Well, then, hey, you find, you got a spot at the table. But the minute right. that well, you say anything that I disagree with or I feel is an attack upon me, fuck it, you're gone. 
I, I don't think that uh, this is this is Trump's problem with Putin, isn't it? I mean, he won't say anything about bad about Putin in Russia because Putin won't say anything bad about Trump. And you know, I I know that that's easy for some people to read into a, a little bit too much and see that as a signal for oh well you know clearly they're conspiring in in some way uh that's where your collusion is look at how how buddy buddy these guys are and you know memes about trump being putin's bitch are funny no doubt i've i've shared shit i've laughed at him but i think people have this concept that that's where you're going to find your collusion like <laughs> no first of all if you didn't think Trump was smart enough not to do that directly, we pretty much know that Putin is smart enough. Now, there's not going to be some like secret photo of those two together or like, you know, a taped conversation of them calling each other on direct lines talking about how they're going to rig this election. But a canceled check isn't going to show up, you know, right. made out to Donnie from Vladdy. Right. Putin is nice to Trump because he knows that he can easily basically manipulate this guy to be on his side just by complimenting him. He, Putin is smart enough to see Trump for who he is, more so certainly than anybody who voted for him, I believe. Well, I just don't I don't buy that there's like anything more to who Trump shows the door and who Trump continues to let sit at his table more than whether you flatter him or you have the balls to look him in the face and say, no, you're wrong and disagree with him. Mm -hmm. I think, I think people, this is, this is a mistake. I think we're making with Trump in the, in the media, especially the media that doesn't care for Trump is they assign him way too much credit. This is not a complicated man. This is a narcissist. This is, probably a borderline fucking sociopath. I mean, he's definitely flirting with that line. It's not hard to see that he's, it, it, it's very simple. It's like people go, oh, he's racist. I don't truly believe he's racist. I don't think he cares about race as long as he can use you. He only sees useful idiots and enemies. And if you're a useful idiot, I don't think it matters if you're a woman, if you're black, if you're gay, whatever the fuck. Well, and I mean, it's it's no more complicated than that. But they keep trying to like, like pin to him like this mastermind. Ooh, he's an evil genius, and Trump's not in the corner going right. about anything. Yeah. But but it, it's kind of like saying that Hitler was racist. Like it may or may not have been true. He knew how to manipulate a large group of racists. To do his bidding, and he, and, he, and he was able to use people's own fears to make up an enemy. I mean, I guess if but, you want to find, but but is it? But like, I'm not. Okay, this is <laughs> this is a valid Trump Hitler comparison that I will stick by. The ability to it's it's worse than being racist. You know, it's not about Trump not caring about any other race than white people. It's about understanding what a group of racists want and using that to manipulate them to also get what you want ultimately 
So that's kind of worse than just being a racist as a single person. I don't know what you I mean, call that. I would go so far as to, I would I would go so far as to say he's indifferent about racism. Mm-hmm. If it's if and, he can use it to his advantage, he will. If he can't, he doesn't care one way or the other. It doesn't matter right. to him. That's the thing. And would, he only, well, he I, only cares about what he can use to his advantage. If he can't use you and he yeah. can't make anything off of your back, then you're you're not necessarily an enemy, but you're useless to him. And if you dare speak against him, well, then we all know what happens then. Right. And to clarify... This isn't, I'm not saying like simply people who voted for Trump are racist and they are the problem. What I'm saying is that there is a group of racists that are Trump supporters that he will not denounce because he needs that group. He needs that support right now. Oh, definitely. Because his support so, is dwindling. A lot of things, oh, a yeah. lot of people, a lot of people voted for Trump knowing that it was going to be a clusterfuck, and that's exactly what they wanted. They just want to see the whole system come tumbling down. And they were hoping that he would be that much of a destructive force that it would just, four years of Trump would just destroy the base that this country is built on to where we have no choice but to try to rebuild our government from the ground up. Problem is, it's not going to happen. Politicians, why do you think he's attacking Republicans like he is? Because those Republicans were like, look here, asshole, you're here for four years, maybe eight. This is my fucking life. There's no term limits on my fucking job. So I have to fucking make sure that this machine that keeps me fed and keeps the money coming in keeps fucking rolling. You ain't going to destroy it on my watch. But they can't come out and say that shit because then we'd be like, well, why can't we tear down the machine? Uh, You know, that would open up a whole new can of worms for them. Right, they believed about they believed in the line "drain the swamp," which, and, <laughs> which if anybody did, you're fucking stupid. I'm not even going to try to well, use well, fancy words. If, if, well, if anyone all, believed, all Washington is say- giant swamp. It's just it's a self perpetuating <laughs> swamp. What 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 swamp are you talking about? If you're excluding senators and representatives, right? No. I don't remember Trump saying, calling out specifically like there's a swamp in, in Congress. It was just, he, he liked to talk more about this nebulous swamp of all these people involved in government. I think, when, I think people more heard when, the, when he said drain the swamp, they heard purge the government of the, um, oh, what's the term? The secret state. I'm not saying it right. Oh, the deep, uh, the deep, deep state. state, deep state, deep the George state, Soros, yeah. deep state. Right, yeah. right. These people who were behind the scenes pulling the strings on everything. Which, I mean, if there really were, wouldn't Trump be in jail? Well, if there really were, why wouldn't he pull back <laughs> the curtain and go, "This is your fucking. This is Oz the Great and terrible people. This idiot here in the microphone. You're telling me if he re- if the, if that was really going on to the point where these people are saying it that Trump wouldn't have came in and been like. Oh, this is a chance to get people to love me who would never love me either way. There's nothing I can say on the campaign trail. All the crazy conspiracy kooks. I mean, the people that Alex Jones is too mainstream for, the people who think Alex Jones is is, is uh, 
what is what is uh, counterintelligence that he's a he's an agent placed there by Russia to throw us off the real trail, you know. Them type. Have of you people. seen the clips of of people confronting him because he does these like man on the street bits and people I will saw- just be like fuck you and he'll be like hey, I saw you hey you flipped me the bird come over here come over here say that shit to my face. Yeah, um, so one which, dude threw hey, his by the coffee way, on him. Good job to those people, and I mean that very sarcastically. You like, you know who that is. You got a chance to actually say something, and all you can come up with is "fuck you" and "fuck off." Come on, man. Yeah, none, none of them are very eloquent. Although, if Alex Jones actually got owned on the street, do you think he'd air it? He he's only gonna air. Cat, get away from my microphone! Damn it. He's only going to air the ones where it's just guys going, no, fuck you. No, fuck you. Definitely. And it, to prove that, one of his best interviews, and I, I know that's very weird to hear those words strung together in a sentence about Alex Jones, but one of his best interviews is with Doug Stanhope because they could not be <laughs> farther away from each other on so many issues. And Stanhope is so unapologetic and he's like laughing at Alex Jones, like, dude, seriously, this is an over-the-top caricature of, of somebody, right? Was and Alex Jones on Alex Jones's show? Oh yeah, this was this was. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many years ago this okay. might have even been like in the in the two thousands, but I mean, right. it, it, Alex Jones at one point is just like, you're very wicked and you're ve- you're very wicked and you're very evil, <laughs> and I can't believe you support abortion and and blah blah blah. And he's like, and, and Stanhope's like, you know, to a point, I support you know, uh, what is it, eugenics? There's a lot of dumb people on this planet. Maybe we need to start <laughs> fucking you know, just making sure we breed intelligent people and just you know. Just, just weed out the right. dumb folks. And Alex Jones, well, let's I can't face it, you said that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever said stupid people shouldn't breed, you're in favor of eugenics. Also, if you think that you know labradoodles are cool, <laughs> you're also in favor of eugenics. But, but yeah, it's 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 so fucking surreal, and I I, I have a hard time sitting through Alex Jones unedited interviews because he jumps it. He is like the worst person to be locked in a bathroom in at three in the morning doing coke with because he just jumps from <laughs> fucking subject to subject to subject you cannot keep yeah. up man and stan hope is obviously in an altered state during this interview so he's just fucking going with it and it's fucking <laughs> hilarious and i mean i just it, it worked for once it worked someone was able to match alex jones and his like short attention span theater bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just, right. you go, Oh, you want to jump to this? Okay. Yeah. I support abortion. Abortion's <laughs> green. Hey, Alex, abortion's green. So's homosexual sex and anal sex. Uh, that's just evil, Doug. I don't know how you could say that. That's, 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 that's devilish and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, that's devilish, whatever. But you know what? I fucked a chick in the ass. She didn't have a kid. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, man. And, and I, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that side. It's just no, a side. I, I, I got us off on that side track. You, you had mentioned Alex Jones. What were we talking about, though? Yeah, well, you don't. Here's what we can Trump. talk about. You know, did you catch what Trump had to say about Afghanistan this week? No. Oh God. Uh, well, you didn't. I'm, I'm you didn't miss out, much, man. Chris. You I'm did, trumped you didn't out. Miss much. 
I didn't. I didn't actually watch it. I just read about it because I was <laughs> like, "I'll get all the important bits. I don't need to see a stupid face." Plus, it's not even fun when he's reading shit. Basically, what what basically what I took from it was, he said, "We're not going in a nation building," right. which I actually believe. Versus the, the Bush administration when they said that, he's right. like, <laughs> "I'm just going to put more boots on the ground, and we're just going to kill people." And that seems like a very Trump military strategy. Did he we're actually just going say to, that? Yeah. He goes, we're not there to nation build. We're going there to kill terrorists. Yeah. Ah. But, I mean, it, once again, when when you are the person who decides who's a terrorist and then you get to kill them, I'm kind of uncomfortable with the people who are pulling the trigger and making a decision on who's a terrorist and who's not. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason I have a problem with Antifa deciding who's a Nazi and who's not. You know, it's like, eh, can I get someone who's not running around covered up, you know, spending mommy and daddy's money? Can, can, well, can look, I get that? Clearly, like, this was this was cl- clearly written by somebody else because it was nuanced enough for people to take away what they wanted to. My takeaway from that was, well, there's not a whole lot different that we can do with Afghanistan. And the only thing that... I'm really going to change is that I'm not going to talk about what I'm going to do. It was the only real difference from Obama is that he said, well, we're not going to put a timetable on it, which was always the big Republican Republican line. You know, we want to plan from Afghanistan. Okay, we'll be out in four years. Wait a minute, buddy. You can't put a timetable on it. And you know what? I, I think it goes beyond that. It's not that you can't put a timetable on it. There is no fucking timetable on it. Do you not understand that there's no amount of work that we can do in this country short of taking it over and making it part of the American empire that would be able to get rid of everybody that disagreed with America in that country? Who the fuck do you think you're going to wait out? Like East America. We're going to go in there. We're going to go in there. We're going to bust up Al Qaeda enough and then we're going to weed them out and then we're just going to wait them out. We're going to stay there long enough until they lose all their power and credibility with their own people. And what happened? ISIS. So now we got to wait them out? Do you not understand that no matter what you call it, there is going to be a resistance to America being in, in Afghanistan or most of the Middle East for that, mo- for that part? There is no waiting anything out. There's either you take it over or you get the fuck out. But here's the thing. We're not going anywhere because they produce a huge amount of the world's opium. And this isn't tinfoil hat shit. This is fucking... No. You can do fat... I just just Googled how much opium does Afghanistan produce. And boom. I'm talking the first page. BBC. Afghanistan opium production up 43%. That was not even a year ago. Damn. Business Insider. Opium production... Uh, increasing Afghanistan during war. Uh, let's see, Business Insider, opium and heroin production in Afghanistan has increased. I mean, then you go Forbes, to defeat terrorism in Afghanistan, start with opium crops. CNBC, Afghanistan's relentless opium woes have new seed in town, etc., etc. Now, look at, we've been there for 16 years, and look at in the last 16 years how many new drugs with an opium base the pharmaceutical companies have put out and now look at 16 years after they've they've that whole 
crop of in Afghanistan. Those opium crops in Afghanistan were open to them. And look at the opiate crisis we're having here in this country, yep. people overdosing and being overprescribed. It's a cash crop. We're not going anywhere. The only way we're going to leave Afghanistan ever is if, for whatever reason, that soil stops being the fucking most fertile soil in this on this planet to produce that shit. Then we'll leave. Because... When we when we went there 16 years ago, you guys got to remember, 9-11 happened. Two days later, CIA boots were on the ground in Afghanistan. Three weeks later, we invaded Afghanistan. We've been yeah. at war with Afghanistan since October of 2001. Coming up on flat yeah. up 16 years. The longest war America's ever had, period. And there's no end in sight. And yeah, no one gives a good. shit. That's all the Trump was just kicking the can down the road. He just wants to look like he's doing enough to fight terrorism, to to keep things going. And I, we're not going to end our involvement in Afghanistan for the same reasons that we're, you know, everybody wants to talk about health care, but nobody wants to legitimately come after pharmaceutical companies. Well, if you're not going to tackle that issue, how do you expect to make a dent in any of this shit you know everybody wants to talk about how expensive hospital visits are and being uninsured and going to the doctor well that's not what the majority of americans are dealing with in this country when you want to talk about problems with failure in our healthcare system it's two things really it's prescription drug costs for uninsured people and it's the opioid crisis now you know there's a lot of talk about uh, tackling the opioid crisis but again it's all on the other end it's not on the pharmaceutical end well think Nobody about expects this Merck or anybody else to do any anything to control this think about this in the late 60s all in 70s, it together in the late yes. 60s and 70s the u.s went to central america and started fucking around with the countries that produced cocaine and then by the the early 80s but well by the late 70s cocaine went from a drug that was for the uber fucking bourgeois to a party drug for the fucking disco crowd. And then it we got crack out of cocaine, and we had the whole crack scare. Now, I don't know how you can look at that and then look at the fact that we've been in Afghanistan for 16 years, and we have, they've just legitimized opium, opium. They've taken yeah. it and turned it into pharmaceuticals. But also the problem is is that heroin is coming in in huge amount of quantities from there. And heroin it, on the street is cheaper than buying fucking drugs, prescription drugs at street prices. So right. now we well, have... That's, that's the next level. I mean, your doctor cuts you off. You got to go to the black market. And maybe they have the pills that you like or maybe they just got heroin. Oh, you'll like it. Don't worry about it. I mean, literally, out of all the Can't people we just call I know, it the market, Aaron. Out of all the people <laughs> I know who've, who've who've had who've who've been heroin addicts, maybe two or three stuck a spike in their arm before they ever fucking got strung out on prescription pills. Everybody else, it went the, the way you just said. They they had an injury or they had something that when they went to the doctor they were prescribed it. The doctor cut them off cold turkey. They started buying it on the street at street prices. And eventually someone said, hey, stupid, you're going broke trying to do this shit. Just get some fucking heroin. 
is cheaper. Yeah. Now the problem right. is they're cutting heroin with fentanyl and every other fucking thing they can, and people are falling out left and right. And of course, we didn't learn anything from the fucking crack epidemic and the cocaine epidemic of the 70s and 80s because mm-hmm. you have all the usual suspects crawl, saying, oh, if you overdose now, well, they should throw you in jail if, they, if you don't die. Oh, there we go. That's, that's the solution. Let's take people who, through pure fuckery of their situation, ended up being a fucking junkie. Someone who'd have probably never touched fucking street heroin, never touched skag in the first fucking place, period. And let's throw them in with a bunch of of lifers and watch them come out and be better criminals. And also, we've taken away any hope for any future they have to not be a criminal almost 100% by throwing them in prison. Because that works so well for us, doesn't it? Well, that's our attitude. You see somebody teetering on the edge of society, you push them off to the other side. Like, well, obviously, you don't want to be part of what we're doing here, so fuck off. I mean, think about it. We we don't we don't rise up to take care of problems much anymore. We rise up to exploit problems. Hey, we have a prison population that's exploding due to the war on drugs. What do we do? Oh, I know. Let's crack down on drugs, but let's privatize prisons and make them for profit at the same time. Yeah. Instead of, why don't we start treating it like it is, which is a health issue? Why don't we get these people, instead of putting all these billions of dollars into bullshit PSAs and just say no and all that crap that doesn't work, why don't we put it into getting these people off of these fucking drugs? Why don't we develop things like Narcon like we have now? And even now you got people saying, well, you know, if you overdose and you do it more than once, then we should refuse to give you Narcon to save your life. Really? Okay. So if that's the case, you've just shown me how much human life is valuable to you. The, the ironic part is that this is the same crew who's probably pro-life, pro-death penalty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, this is it's just, ironically, once again... Rich- Usually, uh, situations like that though are tied to the cost of that Narcan. Is it costs them so much, and they keep using right. them over and over in the same people? That's usually when you have uh, when the stories that we've done on the Weasel Podcast Fridays here on Media.net. I mean, that's usually where the, the, it's tied to the cost. They only get a certain amount, so yeah. Then you go to the three strikes you're out rule. Hey, we'll do it twice. Third time, you're on your own. Should cost money. I'm not saying it excuses it, but I'm saying it's it's not so much but, a disregard of human life as it ends up being like a cost issue. And I understand that. And here's my well, thing. Let me just get some consistency. That's kind of the same thing. <laughs> let me get let me just get some consistency. That's all I'm saying. Let me get some consistency yeah. and oh, I'll I, be happy. Well also too usually in communities where there's a problem. Well, here's know, some consistency from you. How about the government just butts the fuck out of drugs completely? Because I don't know how anybody can take anything that that the government says about any drug seriously. We all laugh about the the propaganda against cannabis in the old days, but you know it, it's not like any of this shit has ever stopped. It's not about what they think is or isn't harmful. It's what they can use to control people. I mean. Was there a crack epidemic in this country? Certainly. There's a lot of people that, that suffered from addiction, started smoking crack. But, you know, we're finding out now that there was no such thing as a crack baby. It didn't exist. Like, 
are babies born sometimes addicted to to drugs because they get it in utero? Absolutely. Well, that's one of the there things. Was, I've, there, I, there was I, no, there was no malnourished, freaked out, crying all the time, crack baby born. It's your white male propaganda, this is, Aaron. This that, that was propaganda. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's that's one of the things you know that I, I learned through real world experience in rehab when I walked in and I'm like, okay, so blah blah blah. What are you here for? What are you here for? Because that conversation happens almost instantly when you're the new guy. And yeah. then someone eventually would go, you know, oh, I'm, you know, they'd come in and they're new. What are you here for? I'm in here for Coke. Oh, how many days of detox do you got? Uh, they don't detox you for Coke. I mean, they don't yeah. detox you for Coke. You don't get physical withdrawals from Coke. Right. Coke's, Coke's more of a, of a mental addiction. It's, 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 if anything, it's more along the lines of, of marijuana. I mean, obviously, cocaine is a very much more serious drug to take than marijuana. I don't know anybody who, who, you know, can toot one line. I mean, excuse me, smoke one joint. I don't care how much THC is in it and die of a heart attack because it was too pure. But, you know, I, you get my point. And it's like, all right, right. so, yeah, we knew we know this is all bullshit. The people who are doing the drugs know it's all bullshit. It's the people who don't do the drugs who buy into this fucking crack baby shit. And yeah. it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing That's with Reagan. The solution for America. Do more drugs, damn it. It's, you know what? You're doing Fuck the wrong it. ones and the right ones, not enough. Dude, maybe this is just me getting to the point where I just think that we do not want a solution to any problems. We just rather bitch about them. If that's the case, why the fuck can't we be high? And I'm not, yeah, I, so I'm, not coming, I'm not trying to be funny either. Why the fuck can't I be as high as I want to be in my own, in my own no, personal really. time? Yeah, I'm dead I mean, serious. I said it when I was like, a teenager, and I'll say it now. It's not, it's don't. Blah. See, now I'm all confused. It's probably the weed. It's don't do your drugs, do our drugs. That's what it is. And when you really come down to it, it's, I don't know. I, it, what is I the most dead? What is the most deadly drug? The, the things that they like that make you more easily manipulatable, that's a word. Yeah, that's what they want. It's the old Bill Hicks routine. There's caffeine Monday through Friday to keep you fucking going so you can go to work. And there's booze and, and tobacco on Saturday and mm -hmm. Sunday to make you forget about how miserable you are Monday through Friday. And you just repeat ad nauseum. It, you know, it blows people's minds to think that in North Korea, cannabis is legal. But when you think it through, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, first of all... What like, if that guy's just could, telling them all it's weed? You could you could you could do that with you could manipulate uh, people with alcohol as well, but you are going to have you know some fights break out and some car crashes and shit, and you're just not going to have that as much with cannabis. <laughs> North Korea, their streets are just tumbleweeds and Domino's pizza delivery cars driving back and forth, right. <laughs> rumpled up Taco Bell wrappers. <laughs> No, it make, look, man, it makes sense, and it's and it's something. It's not a new. It's it's not a new concept. I mean, it, who well, was it? Fucking was it Nietzsche? Does it fucking religion is the opioid of the masses? Well, we, well, we've pretty yes. much given up on religion, except for a handful Opiate. of you know people. I mean, I, let's be honest. There's people who go, I'm a Christian, but they don't go to church. They don't really believe in a talking snake. They don't believe in burning bushes that, that God right. talked to people through. They just say they're yeah. a Christian because they were raised that way. Well, it, right, it, it, but I, I also I don't care if somebody is religious. I just don't like it when that that starts to influence my government. 
Right. Well, what I'm, and what I don't, I'm I don't at want to say, say, I want to say, all right. I was just going to say, what I'm getting at is that we don't have the, as many, we're not a nation full of hardcore, like, oh, you're going to go to hell and hellfire and brimstone people. So they yes. had to find something new. Okay, so here's alcohol. Here's tobacco. Here's pornography. Here's anything that brings you enjoyment and keeps your mind of this. Keep your mind off of the fact that you know you're being fucked over. You know, but, but out of, we have out of to how control much it because life. it's dangerous. We have to limit your exposure to this because you, you can't leave be trusted porno out of this. <laughs> Porno's been nothing but nice to all of us. <laughs> Drag yeah, porno's I'm, name through the mud like, like that. Government should stay out of all that shit. The idea of of censorship and enforcing well i mean look at everything from uh the way we rate movies the the comics code authority the um uh what's the other example i was thinking of oh uh parental advisory labels on on records you know government means to stay out of all that shit too because we do a better job as parents as individuals than the government could ever hope to do and the same way that we treat addiction way better on the private side than most governments do. There is no need for the government to be involved in the control of any drug. Zero need. There's zero advantage to it. It certainly doesn't limit the flow of harmful drugs. We haven't seen any proof of that. No, and Even how many when times? they manage to put a high-level criminal behind bars, there's somebody immediately to take that person's place. How many times have we learned this lesson in life that the more you tell people don't do something, that there is just a large segment of human beings who are going to go, wait a minute, don't don't tell me what I can and can't do. It's Trump. He said, don't stare I, at the sun. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking, <laughs> I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you told me not to do. I remember when I was a kid reading a, an interview with... Uh, uh, Stephen King about it was banned books week it was to like raise awareness of how they were pulling books out of schools and shit and he gave he gave uh, a speech it wasn't an interview it was a speech to a um, college and he said the thing I tell my children is the minute someone in school tells you, you they're taking this book away from you that's when you don't walk you run to the library and you get that fucking book and if you can't find it at the library you go buy that book and you read that book because if they're telling you you can't read it, that's not the book you want to read. That's the book you need to read. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. That's human nature. I mean, we, okay. You had, I don't know if you've, I'm assuming your daughter's not dating yet, like for real serious no. dating. No, Jesus, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I don't know, man. They start, wait, I'm, mm. I got friends whose 12 year old daughters were bringing home boyfriends. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? How the fuck does that work? But I don't, okay. Just, just asking. But when she does, doesn't. <laughs> you know, I got you. But when she, when, she, when she starts dating for real, what's shut your mouth? What is? <laughs> no one tell my daughter happen. she has a vagina till she's thirty. <laughs> right. She's gonna read the. She's gonna meet the right man at eighteen, and that's it. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, what was it? Chris Rock said, "Whatever you hate is gonna your daughter's bringing home. If you hate black guys." She's coming home with fucking Tupac. If you hate Mexican guys, she's coming home with living La Vida Loca. All right, <laughs> it's 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 
it's just human nature. When we're told something's forbidden, we seek it out and we want to find out for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, she's coming home with a Republican. <laughs> you ready for that? Christ. Okay, but you have to present. You have to. You have to prepare yourself that she might come home with that. Uh, what's her name? Tommy Laren. She might be. Yeah, if she comes <laughs> home with that. With her. With that's her Republican. She brings home. How big of an issue are you really going to have with that? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, honey. Of course, your friend can spend the night. In fact, let me finish drilling this hole in the bathroom real quick. <laughs> no, come on. I said bathroom. I didn't say bedroom for the about. other girl. Yeah, I didn't say bedroom. I said bathroom. You know. <laughs> I'm, 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 I know you All don't right. want an eyeful of your own kid, but I mean, you know, let's be honest here. <laughs> All right, now we've got real weird. So, hey, man, my daughter well, brought let's, home Jennifer Conley. I'm gonna be like, well, there's two people in this house that want to fuck your girlfriend now, so it's, it's fair enough. <laughs> let's get back on track then, um, because the, the latest uh, the speech from Trump was his rally. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's he's definitely running again in 2020. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually he started stopped. campaigning. That's a, that's his favorite thing to do. <clears throat> so here's what's interesting about this. You know, he talks about the funding of the wall and his willingness to actually shut down the government in order to accomplish getting funding for this wall. Oh, my God. You know, with, I guess with the understood belief that Mexico is still going to pay for this eventually, even though we've, okay. seen no, we've seen zero proof of how that would happen. I mean, I, yeah, you're going to get Mexico to cooperate with you, and you're going to tear up NAFTA. Yeah, good luck, buddy. So Trump's going to get an Amazon link, and he's going to get Mexico to click through it, just get every also, citizen to click through <laughs> He he also um, tweeted about this. In the same tweet, managed to uh, call Democrats obstructionists and threaten to shut down the government if he didn't get his way. God, dude, this is why I don't care anymore. So <laughs> like, I don't care. You use the word obstructionist in your tweet. Did you? How did you not see? That's <laughs> why so I don't care anymore. He just says crazy, ludicrous shit that will never come to fruition. Everybody freaks out about it, and then the cycle repeats itself. It's, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I'm okay. with you, Chris. Here's here's my issue. It's not that people, fl it's that people flip out at what he says, and then those people go flip out, and then other people flip out, and they end up meeting in the streets, beating the shit out of each other. That's what. That's where. That's where I start to care, and I guess I, I should learn not to. I don't flip out about what he says anymore because he's like the drunk uncle at fucking Thanksgiving. He's yes. He says anything. I got a friend like that who. Be, hey man, I'm gonna move. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna help you. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. Just don't, don't even say nothing, dude. But he like, can't help himself. We like, knew he was an asshole. Like I just don't get where all of this outrage and surprise comes. That like he's an asshole. We we knew this. Like uh, maybe I'm just that's why I said fatigued, my pro my problem isn't with my problem isn't with what he says. My problem is with the reaction of people to what he says because that's where the hysteria and the nonsense starts and then it just builds and builds and builds because i mean this whole thing with the fucking the the goddamn charlottesville march if you 
had not looked at the numbers, you would think that we have a country that is half Nazis. You would think that half of 370 million people are Nazis and we're in Charlottesville. Look at that. Look at the person next to you. That person may be a Nazi. 600 people to 1,200 people was their estimation. Are you serious? This is, this is, oh my God, this is what we need to fucking, to flip out about? Really? 1,200 people? Yeah. 1,200 people is like, that's, that's not even a student section at the big house of U of M. <laughs> All right? Who the fuck gives a shit about 1,200 people? Shut the fuck up and go fucking jerk off to your Nazi tapes in American History X. What do you want? Well, that's, that, was, that was interesting, though. So we saw Charlottesville. Then we saw Boston, where there was very little violence. What, 20 and, Nazis showed up? <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and the... Well, if it was on a the Sunday, ratio, they all had a fantasy football draft. The ratio <laughs> grew even greater at Boston. And, you know, I also didn't see a lot of people showing up with weapons as well. And then we have, um, then we have uh, Trump's campaign rally that he held in Arizona. And he spoke to a big crowd. I don't know if, uh, if this is true or not, but I did see reports, let's call them rumors, that there were um, Craigslist ads to pay people to show up to this event. But he drew a crowd all the same. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> Laura Ingram had a photo of some like sporting thing, like some team at some point somewhere won a championship of some sort, and people were just everywhere in the street and shared that photo saying, these are all the people that are waiting to get into the Trump event. You know, this is how crowded it's, it is in there. <laughs> when actually we know from... Photo, photographic evidence that we know was from the day of the rally that there was just as large if not larger be, group of people peacefully protesting outside now so we have just for a little comparison so again Charlottesville where we had violence break out we had a uh, young girl lose her life we have Boston where very very little violence and actually none that you could tied directly to the, um, uh, the, the gathering of, of neo-Nazis and, and whatnot. And then a Trump rally where they ended up gassing the crowd to get them to disperse. Now, it was claimed that there were bottles and rocks that were thrown at the police, but I couldn't find any direct evidence of that. That's just what the police in Arizona claim, and it sounds like bullshit to me. I did get an alert about that violence had erupted and it wasn't cnn well it's fake news then it's just from cnn right right no violence had erupted after they started tear gassing the crowd the police claimed that there was bottles and rocks thrown at them and that's what caused them to tear gas the crowd but not one witness that was not police at that protest rally saw anybody throw anything. And it seems odd that, I mean, me, sure, you can get one nut in any group of people that, that might chuck something out of anger. But you're telling me there are multiple people there chucking rocks and bottles at the cops when almost nothing went down at Boston. I'm not saying these are the same exact people, that they all moved in one group from Boston to Arizona. But I think what we saw in Boston was actually that, you know, 
this could go down without violence. And one of the best videos I saw. Rally, there's, well, I was going to say just real quick. One of the best videos I saw from Boston was a counter protester, I guess you'd call him, of mm-hmm. you know. He wasn't protesting free speech. He was protesting the Nazis that showed up. And there was some dude decked out in, you know, Confederate flag, this and that. And he had his, you know, Confederate flag and all this shit. And a group of people started fucking swarming on him. And this this dude just jumped in, basically got everybody off of him, grabbed this guy and said, look, get the fuck out of here. Like, seriously, if you don't, they're going to rip you apart. Get the fuck out of here. And then the guy holding the camera recording walked over to him and said, why would you do that? He said, because he's got every right to, to express his freedom of speech, as I do. Yeah. Right. I'm just making sure that that fucking idiot doesn't get fucking killed because of him expressing his rights. And there was people in the crowd that were standing there looking at him like he was, a, you know, like a dog would look at you after you just showed him, like, you know algebra or something like i don't get that away and i'm like exactly that's that's all you gotta do these fucking people believe me people who most people who gang up in any form be it in street gangs prison neo-nazis Aryan brotherhood whatever pretty much pussies when you get them alone they ain't got a whole lot to say that's why they want all that backup in a group of 20, they're tough guys. In a group of one, they really ain't got shit to say. So, I mean, I, that doesn't get shown on the, main, on the mainstream media. I mean, I didn't see Vice covering that. I don't know if Vice is considered mainstream media, but I didn't see you know, the usual suspects who, were, who had the cameras right there when the guy fucking ran into the crowd and made sure to, like, you know, oh, this is horrible, the humanity, like it was the Hindenburg going down part two and shit. Where were all the? Where were all they during all this? You know, where were they? Where were? In fact, where were they in fucking Phoenix? Because I gotta believe, if this was completely unprovoked by the police, someone like Vice News would have been on that. They'd have been the first ones to go, even if they didn't have cameras of their own in in the middle of the melee. They'd have fucking bought up private shot footage that showed an unprovoked attack by the police on the protesters. Doesn't I'm sorry. The story. The story I'm they're so- telling. Always remember yeah. that. And I'm, I hate to say it, but I've gotten to the point where, yeah, if yeah. there's 1,000 people there, 990 of them could be fucking peaceful protesters, but 10 of them are there to start some shit. 10 of them, it's, it's never good enough, and everybody's going to have to pay for the, those 10 idiots. There, there is a story being told there with the help of the police. They're trying to continue this narrative that... Trump protesters are inherently violent. This goes hand in hand with uh, all the hashtags of Antifa is ISIS. That these people are terrorists that want to destroy our way of lives and they will do so through violence. And you could make the case for that when it comes to Antifa. I'm not a lot i'm not aligning myself with their beliefs but correlation doesn't correlation doesn't mean there's causation there just because trump protesters can be violent doesn't mean all trump protesters are violent just because anti-trump protesters can be violent doesn't mean they all are violent right no i mean i mean and this is but it happened on both sides we we wanted to blow every instance of violence out of out of proportion at these Trump rallies, you know, with, look, people got heated and some some punches were thrown, sometimes just, you know, a little pushing. 
There was no actual violence erupting at any Trump rally. Well, I mean, eh, I mean, I've seen the raw footage from fucking before he was elected. There's been some violence at Trump rallies. Now, granted, those were protesters who snuck in under false pretenses that they were there to support Trump and then started fucking trying to disrupt the place. But does that mean that they have does that mean that the crowd has the right to beat the shit out of them and, and, and basically, you know, show them the door like it's fucking Roadhouse Part Two? No. But I mean, they're, okay, yeah, but I, I've seen some fights break out at a Beastie Boys concert. But does that mean that all Beastie Boys fans are violent? And that I won't go to another concert. No, but it's Usually. not an either or. It's not an either or situation. Right? No, I know it isn't. I mean, that's that's the thing. Just because there is violence at one doesn't mean there's going to be violence at another. And all I mean, I, look, all I'm trying to illustrate is that the the tactics that they're using is basically highlighting violent people, labeling them as Antifa, and then painting all Trump posts protesters as antifa right is the same exact thing as highlighting violent behavior from from trump supporters labeling them as alt-right and then identifying all trump supporters as all alt-right neither no, of those you. things are, are true and it, it, that's the i'm not saying i'm in support of, of either one i'm just kind of calling it out like this i this idea that that the reason why the police wanted this crowd to disperse is because they thought they were probably just too big to handle. And maybe the police in Arizona are Trump supporters. It's a well, Republican state predominantly, <clears throat> and I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if we're I going just to... Don't, stri- I don't buy this shit that enough, that enough people were causing shit or throwing bottles that they had to use some tear gas. And I know that's, again, it's the official report from the police, so that's what's in the news. But point to me an eyewitness, a credible eyewitness, that will show me that, the, that these Trump protesters got violent. They weren't well, protesting racist and alt-right. They were just, they were at a, they were protesting Trump. Here's, here's the problem. Antifa, they cover themselves up, and they, they have an unofficial official uniform, if you will. What do they call it? They they get um, what do they call it? Blacked out, blacked up, something like that. All black, cover their face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Murdered out. I I guess I don't know. I <laughs> whatever they call it is 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 their unofficial but really official uniform when they gather at these things and and to start shit. And it's to completely try to make everybody look. Exa- it's the it's the reservoir dogs theory. Dress everyone in a fucking suit. With a white shirt and a skinny tie, and everyone looks alike, and no one can tell you who's who. Yeah. So, Wait, uh, yeah. Show me a good movement that started out with a dress code. <laughs> Make sure you have your safe search on if you're going to Google the phrase blacked. <laughs> Just putting that out there, everybody. Remember, you're only two clicks away from black cock on the internet. <laughs> but no, uh, so I don't buy that it was Antifa fucking starting this shit. It could just it could I, it could just very simply just be people who were there protesting Trump, who got too worked up in the mob mentality, did something stupid. And if we're going by pure reputation of the police in Arizona, they aren't exactly known as the most tolerant bunch, right? They got a sheriff down there who they threw in prison because that motherfucker 
was violating basic human rights to the point where if it was international, he would be tried as a war criminal, okay? But it wasn't. It was just in Arizona, so they threw his ass in prison, right? I don't... There's a bunch of whole lot, there's a whole bunch of unreliable narrators in this story as far as I'm concerned. I, I just I I think most people were there just like you said for a, a peaceful protest. Some people got caught up in the moment, did some stupid shit. Cops overreacted because they said, "Well, we're not having Charlottesville part 2." Because they what is one of the things that's been leveled at the cops constantly since the shit in Charlottesville? They didn't do enough to stop the shit. And Arizona cops, we're talking about Arizona, the last state in this fucking country to acknowledge Martin Luther King Day. The yeah. first state in this country to okay private citizens with fucking rifles and handguns to go shoot people coming across the border illegally and call them the Minutemen, right? This, Arizona is not exactly... I've lived there. It, it, it's a different type of mindset out there, man. It's it, it really is. They take that Wild West shit to heart a lot more than they should. So, uh, yeah. Arizona, the West, Florida. Yeah, yeah. They're the only ones that aren't on daylight savings time in this country. Because they got to be different. The party on Martin Luther King Day. So I agree with you, Aaron. I agree with you. Don't I, Okay, don't you think that we would have seen some footage of that? Yes, that's what Don't I said. Do you think that uh, somebody would have posted somewhere a smoke-free crowd chucking rocks and bottles and then being bombarded? Like, did somebody... Th- I Apparently, some people uh, chucked the smoke bombs back at the police, which was reported in some places as people throwing their own smoke bombs. At the get police. The, get the fuck out what? of here. So, you are you fucking kidding me? You're saying that, that people showed up at a Trump rally predicting that the, the cops would chuck smoke bombs at them and brought their own to chuck back? I, no. I mean, is it in the realm of possibility? Yes. It could happen. But use your common fucking sense. None of that narrative makes sense. None of it does. No, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I do think that a lot of this is now that we've had what we had in Charlottesville, the media is walking around with a tip drip, just fucking waiting for any anything else to pop off. And when they see shit like this, they jump in and they're like, okay, they've already shown up with their agenda first and foremost in the in the front of their mind. We're here to we're here to report on the violence. We're here to report on violent protesters and this and that. And they get there and. Oh, wait a minute. It's a handful of people. And they go talk to a cop, and the cop goes, well, you know, and let's be honest. If you're a cop and you're standing there in riot gear and you're looking at 200 people and three bottles comes out of that crowd of 200 people and hits you or one of your fucking fellow police officers, I mean, if you say that, that could be taken out of context as, oh, the protesters attacked the police. Well, no. Three people out of 200 threw some fucking bottles. That's not the protesters. It's not every protester there. But that's, the media don't give a shit about that. And this is yeah. this goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago. It's gotten to the point where I, well, you either trust media because you believe the, the, the people reporting to you, or you don't. And you base it on nothing more than that. Oh, I don't like what the, this report said, so it's fake news. Oh, I like what this report said, so this is genuine news. This is how most people are these days. 
Yeah. And no, I mean, I, the, the, so I, I get what you're saying, but we all know it bleeds, it leads. It, it, it's much more profitable to get everybody scared that the next right. time that there's some sort of rally and then an anti-protester show up at the rally that, oh, shit, some shit's going to pop off. That's going to get more fucking ratings. It's going to get more clicks on their websites. Right. So there's a, a, a segment of the media who this supports their going narrative that liberals are violent and out of control. And the rest of the media is legitimizing that narrative just by blowing out of proportion the event in and of itself because this is some shit going down and when shit goes down we post it everywhere yeah and there's also there's also something that just doesn't get reported in the media because it doesn't play to anybody's fucking narrative or anybody's quote-unquote side which is you have people who show up at these things who start shit just for the fuck of it. They yeah. just like chaos. They just want an excuse to destroy property, to, to be in the middle of a riot, to beat the shit out of somebody. They have they don't give a fuck about Trump. They don't give a fuck about Antifa. They don't give a fuck about the alt-right. They don't give a fuck about none of that. They're just there because, hey, if some shit pops off, I got an excuse to let out all this pent-up bullshit that I've been walking around with every day. And believe me, I... I, 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 I I truly believe there's more people like that than we would be comfortable admitting there are. I think yeah. a lot of people would be like, oh, that's not that many people. It's kind of like the whole only 1% of the population are sociopaths. Well, here's the problem. Sociopaths are really good at hiding themselves. It's just we've only caught the 1% of the population that are sociopaths. So eh, that number, eh, it's a little low to me because I've, I've, I've run into some fucking psychopaths in day-to-day -day life, and I'm like, oh, this motherfucker, oh, he is not to be trifled with. But I guarantee you he's right. never had that diagnosis. So, I mean, you don't, you don't know. You know, I'll take it a step further, too. Even if, even if you showed me proof that some of the protesters got out of hand and started chucking rocks and bottles, you still overreacted. Because I've seen crazier shit go down celebrating, you know, I don't know, whatever sports championship might have happened. And the police uh, don't come yeah. in and, with, and the police don't step in and fucking start tear gassing people. I'm gonna tell you what. Anytime uh, Michigan State, their basketball team makes it to the Final Four, every fucking old couch in East Lansing starts looking hey, for man. a place to hide. Hey man, yeah. Hey man, <laughs> why you gotta bring up bullshit? Straight up. I mean, I totally agree with you, and I'm sorry. You're in full riot gear. Someone throws a rock, and that's why you got the gear, bitch. Like that's that. This is America, okay? If this is China and you chuck a rock at somebody wearing riot gear, expect to get gunned the fuck down. But we have more tolerance for that shit. Well, you know? we're, spo we're supposed to. Well, I mean, we traditionally do, and unless it's inconvenient to to our to the story that that uh, the narrative, as we say, I. Personally, I just think it's 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 a big to do about really not a whole lot of anything. I mean, we've gotten to the point where, look, there are people who are making a career. They don't follow fish, and Grateful Dead pretty much is disbanded. So they follow Trump protesters from fucking yeah. city to city, site to site. 
I'm sure there's a, it's its own little economic system and barter system. If you if, if I would re, well, that's what we need to do instead of embedding reporters with with the military yeah military in Afghanistan or whatever country we tend to go with or we we want to go to war with next. Why don't we embed reporters with these groups? Spend three months with them like you did at the beginning of the Iraq War with different parts of the military and find out what's really going on there. Because once you pull that fucking scary mask off their face, you're going to realize most of these people are fucking idiots. They're jackasses. What are you protesting? Everything. Well, you're a fucking moron, dude. I'm scared of that. Well, but, you know, I think part of the problem with this is, is that when the media wanted to paint Trump supporters as being violent, um, the, the, there are a lot of other nonviolent Trump supporters and even Trump himself that were unwilling to denounce them because they said, well, you know, I don't agree with the tactics, but hey, they're not wrong, you know. And now we're kind of doing the same thing with Antifa, aren't we? You know, hey, I don't know. I wouldn't go out with a, with a stick and a mask on and, and try and beat a Nazi, but hey, you can't argue with beating Nazis, right? Hey, you can actually. You, can you say, should argue with beating people in general. Right. I, yeah, if that neo-Nazi is charging your house, you know, then yeah, I'd fully support you grabbing whatever weaponry you can and defending yourself. Goddamn right. And if, you, if it happens in Michigan... It- Try to get me on a jury. You'll walk. I won't. I won't. I won't vote to convict. You'll walk. Trust me. <laughs> right. So it's the left's unwillingness to denounce the violent people involved in it, Antifa, that lends to the the right's narrative of the violent left. Well, it's it goes back to what we talked about last week. The whole, there's only two sides. It's either or. There's a fucking march coming up. I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but it, it just happens to coincide with the, with the Trump supporter march in Washington. It's the Million Juggalo March or whatever the fuck. If you don't know what Juggalos yeah, are, wow. if you don't know what Juggalos are, they're very hardcore ICP fans. They're kind of like the Kiss Army. Is the average but, median income going to be there like 25K? I <laughs> like the Kiss Army, know, but smellier. And fatter, and people are, uh, you know, posting these 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 mock like fight posters, like Juggalos versus Nazis, you know, this Sunday, 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 and all this shit. And people are going, why are you making me side with Juggalos? I hate you for making me <laughs> side with Juggalos. Why the fuck do you got to pick a side? Look, you hate Nazis, uh huh. Do you hate Juggalos, uh huh? Why don't you just hope they kill each other off then? <laughs> Why do we have to pick a side? I don't have to pick a side. I'm well, sorry. I, Antifa, I, I don't. There's no. I, would you join Antifa? Wow. What if they Dude. were the last resistance against what? Someone coming in my home and trying to kill me? I guess at that point, the enemy of uh, the enemy of my enemy is Man. my friend. At that point, but that's, right, is this that's the fucking different. Handmaid's Tale? Like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll pick Antifa then. So wait, listen. This opportunity. We have there this opportunity this weekend. We have two huge opportunities to improve ourselves as a species. <laughs> with the with the McGregor Mayweather fight and with Bill Burr, we could just turn Buffalo Wild Wings into gas chambers this weekend. And then you got Juggalos and Nazis getting together. I mean, we could come out of this weekend like you know things could be looking up. We see hey, these opportunities. Know, I, I, we could raise I'm the median ant- IQ by twenty points. 
<laughs> I'm not anti-Juggalo, honestly. You know, the music's shitty. It's ridiculous. But there, <laughs> I got friends that are Juggalos. I mean, they have the Hatchet Man tattoos and shit, and they're fucking just, harmless. They just want to listen to ICP, go yeah. to a show, spray Fago on each other. In the grand scheme of things, they're not a things, gang. They're not a fucking yeah. yeah. They're not violent people. I mean, overall, sure, you're going to have you know an occasional psychopath, actually. Wearing a psychopathic records shirt, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> and honestly, one of not, the best quotes—it's not part of the culture. It's violence is not built into the culture outside of their fantasy of like chopping people up and and you know same bullshit fantasy that most rap is. And on top of that, they had a a documentary on Juggalos that produced one of the best quotes I've ever heard from any documentary ever. They went up to this big, I mean, he must have been like 500 pounds, about five foot two. And they said, so what is your ultimate dream as a juggalo? And he said, I want to get me a skinny bitch because I cook really good. And I'll get that bitch fat. <laughs> and then, then we can both lose weight together and spend the rest of our lives together. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I had tears coming down my face. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I mean, you you didn't say anything about having five kids, so you got my vote. (laughs) You do you. (laughs) I mean, if if that's your if that's your like ultimate life goal, you know, there's people out there whose ultimate life goal is to like wipe out entire fucking elementary schools. Hey, you know what? You got my support. Go ahead, Juggalo dude. You know what I'm saying? Get get you a skinny bitch, get her fat, and lose weight with her. I don't know if that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's good just, to have goals. But, I mean, it, for people to be like, why do I, why, oh, I have to be on the side of the Juggalos? Wait, no. You don't. <laughs> when, when did we? When did <laughs> someone take a side in everything? When did someone stick a gun to our head and said we have to choose a side no matter what? Right. Like what? It, what if? What if in the the rally in Boston nobody showed up except for KKK and uh, and neo Nazis, and then they had an argument because they couldn't agree on certain things? Would you <laughs> then pick a side? Would you say, well, actually, the the, the neo Nazis were making some good points there, and I'd take them over the KKK? I mean, ultimately, like. Uh. Like I can no, pick, I can, you don't. You don't have to pick a side. <laughs> I could picture the argument breaking out would be over the KKK and their sheets, looking at the the neo Nazis in their Nazi uniforms, going, uh, "Hey, boy, them uniforms look awful faggy." There's a whole lot of a there, there's a whole lot of flair on them uniforms, and they're like, "Yeah, well, them sheets need to be washed there, Cletus." And then all of a sudden, all hell break loose. No, ex- ex- yeah. I was you, thinking the you exact fucking same those thing. sheets because that's what the Jews do. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta cut that's a hole a, in it first, though. <laughs> who who you calling? And not an eye hole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's what I. Th- that's exactly what I thought when I saw people saying that, and I'm like, I realize most people saying that are joking, but there was groups, or not groups of people, but there was people in this in this uh, group that were saying it that like they were dead serious, and I'm like, right. you do. Do you understand? Trump's a these uniter. are fucking a. Uh, these are a rap fans of a rap group who released albums based on Joker's cards and had a song called "Santa Claus Is a Fat Bitch." <laughs> this is 
<sighs> they have a song that advocates sticking a two liter in between your butt cheeks. <laughs> yes. One of their lyrics is, I ate Monopoly and shit out Connect Four. Okay, this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is not. This, this is, is not high like, art. Yeah, this is not serious. These are not Robert Maplethorpe fans marching yeah, the, for, you know, the, the big rights questions of. Are, <laughs> the big questions here are how do magnets work? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking miracles. <laughs> What was what was what was that Juggalo News Network? What was that doctor's name? Oh shit, I forgot about that one. You were like, that's my new Twitter handle. <laughs> oh, oh shit, God, it was so good too. <laughs> oh, I forget, man. Oh Jesus! By the way, if anyone's listening, and I don't know how you don't know what a Juggalo is, if in the internet age, just look it up. Look up, like, there's got to be more than a few documentaries on YouTube. And take it for what it is. It's a, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, it really... You know, I would recommend looking up the This American Life episode where a reporter goes to um, a Juggalo convention. Uh, you know, it's and here's... It's actually a really good story. Here's the thing. It's, 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 it's kind of strange to say this, but, like, when you get a bunch of them in a room together... Like, they're all about, like, let's just have fun, let's smoke weed, let's drink a little bit, no bullshit, no drama. Like, it's not, it's, it, like, you would think it's, like, they're planning to, like, like the song says, go crazy butt naked with a battle axe. But they're not. They're just, like, right. hey, have you heard the Dog Beats album off Forgotten, or the Dog Beats song off Forgotten <laughs> Freshness, you know? I mean, get a garden <laughs> salad. Yeah. Better grow, you better grow yourself one. one. <laughs> <laughs> See, as much as we rip on them, we know that shit. I could eat. Yep. I, what was it? I, I drink Fago. It's only a. It's, I drink Fago. It's only a buck ten. I'm gonna pour it on your tits when we're fucking. I mean, you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> and then that. I don't understand this phenomenon. We fucking these hoes who look like phenomena. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this shit is funny, man. I mean, it's it's to me, it's like Guar. Who the fuck watches Guar and is oh, like, yeah. oh, those, those are serious scum dogs from you know another planet here to kill us? <laughs> like, no, it's a Aaron, fucking. I totally show. forgot we were in a right. band that covered an ICP song, Bugs yeah, on totally. Your Lugs. <laughs> Bugs yeah. on Your Lugs. <laughs> and I, yeah, I loved playing that song. It was so much fun. I'm like, let's do the ICP one. <laughs> no, but it is totally like Guar. Like, I, I had a a, a friend in high school who was this like big football player dude but he was the weird one because he was like Quar was like his favorite band and he was ultimately like the biggest teddy bear <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't some crazy violent guy oh so unfortunately i think honestly if the juggalos and the neo-nazis square off I think Juggalo's going to get their asses canned to do <laughs> I think the neo-Nazis are probably a little bit more happen. prepared. No, I think most I of the neo-Nazis like, will just be like, stay away from them, man. Something ain't right with those people. Yeah, they, they won't want to fuck with them, and they won't, they won't give any Juggalo. I don't see... Well, because one of the, I, I think, maybe Violent J, it's weird saying, you know... Is, his his name's Violent J, but he's really not a violent guy. <laughs> but 
he he said in a in a tweet or something that um <laughs> I'm just I got the that, lyric I'm Violet J and I ain't no bitch. I'm always quick to tell you wouldn't my nuts itch. It's just like what? <laughs> so, I guess that well, it's in Juggalo Land, hey my nuts itch. Oh, he ain't no bitch, dude. Don't fuck with him. He's nuts itch. <laughs> right, they didn't say that we're gonna definitely go out and kick some Nazi ass. They're just like if the Nazis wanna bring some, we got some for them. <laughs> we got some of that bullshit cotton candy Fago no one likes. We'll spray that all over him. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, it's just... See, this is... Huh, this is the absurdity of America 2017. It really fucking is. It, it's just... We're sitting here discussing a, a juggalo march on Washington that's going to coincide with, with neo-Nazis. And if you just said that 20 years ago, I'd have been like, man, you need to share that acid. Like, seriously. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you just pass that over. And, and the, juggalos are, the juggalos are going there to, to, in, a, in a, a show of unity. And the neo-Nazis are going there to support President Trump. I'd have been like, oh, okay. Now I Wait, know you're on what? some good shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start at the beginning of that sentence. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Jesus. You know, just just as in this, on a side, I had to, I, I had to say this. There's a about ten years ago, there was a a news uh, <clears throat> on like a report on Channel Seven, and they interviewed ICP, and it was like you know the most hated band in the world and all this shit. And right. uh, those guys, those guys are sells millions of records. Yeah, those guys are worth a hundred million ten years ago, and I'm like, it's insane to me. That is that is that is amazing. That is amazing. And I'm just like, you know what? <sighs> Fuck it, man. I mean, because I never understood Kiss fans, and I, I I don't. I mean, like the hardcore Kiss fans, like the Kiss Army bunch. You know, like I want to be buried in the Kiss coffin type shit. And I really don't understand the whole juggles. Like I, I would never go to the gathering of the juggalos. That just does not seem like my type of crowd. But, <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, it's like you know what? It's fucking harmless. There's a lot worse you could be spending your money on than collecting in shaggy two dope and violent J action figures and shit and hockey jerseys with you know the great Malenko on them or whatever the fuck. I mean. Right, I buy comics. I don't have a leg to stand on. Exactly, I play video games. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, yeah. I, it's 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 all just you know, semi-constructive ways to kill time, I guess. So, kid, I'm sorry. <laughs> my cat is like doing the impression of the hang in there poster off of my mic stand right now. <laughs> Go on, get. <laughs> so your cat doesn't like taxation. And appears to either be a juggalo or does not, or really does not like juggalos. Yeah. It's possibly a pro juggalo cat. Oh, they are black. Ah, uh, so that could go either way. Oh man, Jesus Christ! I did not think we'd be sitting well, here talking okay. about ICP when we started the show. It never goes where I think. Uh, <laughs> what else is going on? Let's uh, let's reset. Uh. Uh, Sears and Kmart are closing stores because oh, yeah. millennials I, and Amazon. I was just in a Kmart today. 
you and you know it's got to be bad because they only had like every other row of lights on. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It, looked, it looked like the yeah, blackout two thousand three when they were running generators and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's not good. I'm hey, like I'm, I put. I spent plenty of time in both Sears and Kmart as a kid, and I'm like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I worked at Kmart. Who am I supposed to cry for? Like, yeah, retail everywhere is is shrinking. I, at least brick and mortar retail. You know, I, uh, I it's it's weird because I, I feel like I shouldn't feel this way. It's like when they tear down. Like we had a we had a, a movie theater over here on the west side, um, mm-hmm. in in west in Westland, called the Quo Vadis. and it was like really one of the last movie theaters that was like they had movie theaters upstairs, they had theaters upstairs and theaters downstairs, and it looked like something out of like the fifties or sixties, and oh, then, yeah. then it then it turned out that uh uh. Like they had balconies in the movie theaters. Like you could sit in the balcony and watch the movie and shit. Um, turned out that the guy who designed the building, like also designed the World Trade Center and a couple other buildings in his career and shit. You know, and they tore it down, and it was like it shouldn't bother me really because it's it was seriously an outdated movie theater. It really was. But at the same no, time, you're talking about a, a piece of architecture. You know, that's. That's a work of art that you remember from your childhood. So yeah, I would I would miss that. But I mean, you also have to remember down. I I grew up two blocks from the very first Kmart at Ford and Middlebelt over uh, in Garden City. I used to live like literally two blocks south of Ford on on middle off of Middlebelt, and so I my family was always in that Kmart. And that Kmart was like, and this was in the what early eighties. It had the restaurant with the Literally, the blue plate and blue light special shits. That that, if you've heard those terms, young ones, that 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 that, that shit was real. Shit went on sale. Oh, yeah. The blue light was on, and you know you could get cheap food in their cafeteria area. You know, hey, blue plate special, blah blah blah. Um, it's just strange because it's like, what the fuck? What's yeah? You know what's what gonna, almost nobody is saying? Kmart. I shop there all the time. They can't close. Well, it's know, because, right? well, when your nickname... Because if they were, it wouldn't close. <laughs> when your nickname for your store amongst your its own customers is came apart, I mean, come <laughs> on, man. It's not like... I mean, it's not but like it's, they, they were known for selling high-quality shit. Sears kind of shocks me a little bit because... I'm, but then again, you have Snap-on and, and Mac tools and shit, and, and it's in, in, I guess, Craftsman. But they sold... They, no, they sold Craftsman. Oh, did they? Yeah, they sold yep. off a lot of their big brands. I just figured have, Cra- it, everything's like Kenmore or it's somebody else's. See, I just figured Craftsman became something that people don't really. There's not as many people like my dad yeah. had a Craftsman tool toolbox that was like took up half the wall in the garage, and he had every tool that, imaginable and all that shit. And that just yeah, seems I like an older generation thing. Dominated now for some reason. I don't yeah, know much the, about tools, but. Yeah, the only people I know that have toolboxes like that anymore are engineers or people that that have to have them for work. Like when I when I was a kid, my grand both my grandfathers had sets like that. My my uncle had a set like that. My dad had a set like that. I hardly ever go to anybody's house 
and their parents have toolboxes like that anymore. You know, it's yeah, like but, you ask you know, Phillips hat, and everybody's looking for twenty minutes. But but it's it's different. You know, the 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 set that you get for twenty bucks at Target does just about anything that you'd want to do around the house anyway. The only difference I mean, with was the the lifetime guarantee, and it's that shit was true. I used to watch my dad would go in and say. His tools oh, yeah. broke, and he'd hand it to him, and they'd hand him a brand new one in the package. No receipt, no no fuss, no muss, and he'd walk out the door. That was no bullshit. Yep. When they said lifetime guarantee, that's what they meant. The lifetime of that tool. Not your lifetime. <laughs> the lifetime of that tool, or now it no, appears. Yeah, you can find craftsman craftsman tools and turn them in. Or you could, at least, when they're associated with Sears. I don't know what you do now. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you still could. I Well, I mean... And and how much of this goes back to, all right, a lot of people don't go to retail places. They do their specialty shops. Um, I just read an article that guitar sales are down the, the, the deepest they've been down since Guitar Center opened its first fucking store. Damn. Like across, <laughs> like I'm talking all guitar sales, whether it be through Amazon, through Sweetwater, Musician's Friend, Guitar Center, whatever. It's just like... I, the market has bottomed out on that on on, on guitars at this point. I can't Kick help with the guitar anymore. I, I I can't help with the Schadenfreude on that because I watched that place eat itself from the inside out, and I was just like, "This is not ending well." Oh, you you know, Guitar Center's up shit creek when the one over here in Canton. I see them run ads for come get your guitar set up at Guitar Center. Used to be you couldn't get any work done on a guitar at Guitar Center. Oh like yeah, they, they, had they instituted one, that a while back. I, almost every store has a, a tech. Yeah, a tech. That's what I'm like. They apparently like you just walk in and okay, give us an hour and it's like an oil change. <laughs> Come oh, pick on your demand. Shit up. Damn. Yeah. Damn, that's what they're claiming in the in the advertisements to get business through the door. They must nice. Step that an up. hour, huh? I'm like, all right. I mean, I never use them. I set up my own shit, but. Yeah, but no, you know I understand. I understand, and and I feel like I shouldn't really care one way or the other because I do use most most of the shit I buy is online or I go yeah. to a specialty store. Um, but at the same time, I'm gonna miss in you know ten years being able to just who knows maybe if maybe if I do make it to like sixty five seventy, I'm I'm gonna miss the fact that I can't go to the mall and wander around aimlessly like an old person should be able to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just get myself yeah. a soft pretzel and walk into the stores and go, oh, look at that. And sharper images over here and hot topics over here. I'll go laugh at the people wearing dog collars and everything, you know. And I, it just seems weird to me that, that that was such a, even if it didn't, even if you weren't like a mall rat, quote unquote, um, like going to the mall was like something I think we all pretty much did as a teenager growing oh, yeah. up, it well, was, you know. Okay, so I think that's equatable. I mean, because what I'm missing here is what's the what's the experience outside of the purchase that is to be missed with stores like Sears and Kmart closing. For for me, like I really like comic book stores, and there's a reason why I go to the comic book store. I can I can have uh, I can mail order online now from any number of hundreds of different places. I could even read digitally. I could just buy collections and wait until uh, whatever bookstore hasn't closed is doing a, a two-for-three sale and buy them mm. that way and save money. But I want to read them then, 
And I want to go to the actual store, look through what else is there, talk to the guys there about what they're reading. I want to have that experience. That's why I continue to support comic book stores as a brick-and-mortar store. I want those to still exist. Uh, They give me an experience that's not just about the purchase. Now, when you talk about malls in general, yeah, I can definitely agree with you on that. And I don't, ultimately, I mean, the stores will continue to change that, that pop up in malls, but I don't think that in and of itself is ever going to go away. It's just a market, and we've had markets in societies for millennia, and it's, it's not, because it's not just about business. It is uh, somewhat about a community. It's about experience. It's just about getting out and, and feeling like you're out in the world. If anything, like I know that a lot of the bigger businesses that prop up malls all across America those are closing and that's what's causing the malls to suffer. I don't necessarily think it's it's a a direct result of well I can shop online for everything that I want so I have no reason to go to some place like a mall. I think there's plenty of support for for places like that. It's about finding the right environment that people want to go to. You know, if your banner stores in your mall are Sears and J.C. Penney and Nordstrom, you're like, uh, look, I, I have subscription services and Amazon Prime memberships that get me just about any of that shit that I need. So mm-hmm. maybe it's not that you can have. It's not a situation where you can have a big name store that brings in all the rent and gathers people to all the the smaller stores, and you have that kind of trickle down effect. Maybe you actually have to kind of cultivate a mall and decide what kind of businesses do I want, you know? Maybe you're, maybe malls turn over more to, you can, st- I mean, we have strip malls all across the nation that are full of small business. And maybe that's just what, what malls ultimately end up becoming. I don't know. I guess it, malls, I don't think you can kill that. Sears, good riddance. Kmart, who cares? I guess the only reason I, I have any, like, even just little hint of nostalgia for Sears is because it was always an anchor store at almost mm-hmm. every mall you ever, I ever went to as a kid. Right. <clears throat> and, I mean, to your point, like, you know, at one point I lived across the street from Wonderland Mall. Well, they tore Wonderland Mall down. Now it's like, a, you know, a Target, uh, 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 a Walmart, and a strip mall with a bunch of little stores in there. You know, yeah, I mean, probably the same, probably the same amount of commerce goes on, but it's just, it's, it's weird because the arcade's gone, the food court's gone, you know, and it's just, it's, it's something that I never thought that I would be like, my generation would be one of the last generations to have that shared experience. I didn't think that would happen in my lifetime. Macomb Ball, where I used to hang out, fucking man, everything's different. The movie theater's gone, all kinds of shit's closed. Sears, the anchor store, it's closing. Yeah, can you guys, that place oh. is melting, but that place is garbage. That place has been garbage for the last uh, decade. Lakeside, well, remember, remember the dollar movies, movie places at the malls. That's where fucking yeah. 
this where all this where me and all my poor friends went to go see movies. You know, oh, yeah. well, you know that's the thing. Like I, I don't, I didn't have that kind of association with my mall. I actually, I lived down the road from the mall that I grew up, up uh, near in Taylor, the Southland Mall. I hate, I've always hated that fucking mall, <laughs> and you know. I, I wasn't uh, a typical mall hanging out teenager either. I much preferred basements where I could play video games, drink Mountain Dew, and and play role playing games with my friends. And before that, I mean, when like back in the day, when even a preteen had some some freedom to just go fuck off for a day, and their parents didn't even know where the hell they were, that's what we would do. I wouldn't go to the mall and hang out. We would, you know, go look for a ditch to ride our bikes in or something or some trouble to get into. But I don't know. I, I understand that there is a lot of nostalgia for places like malls. I never, I don't have that because I don't have those experiences. My experience of going to the mall is somebody that wasn't me and my family had to buy some item of clothing and then it took forever. Yeah. And I can understand that. And I mean, it's maybe I'm <clears throat> overstating, like, <clears throat> excuse me, the nostalgia that you know I might have because the mall wasn't oh, like lucky. a destination. Not, it was well, I'm no. Just to be fair, it was it was one of the destinations we could go to. Okay, we're bored as fuck. What are we going to do today? Right. Let's go over to so and so's house to smoke a- weed. We can. His parents are there. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> it was more like yeah. that. <laughs> right, but I think it is more about what the mall offers. You know, you you talked about the dollar theater and Southland never had that. The even closer to my house within biking distance was the showboat theater. And that was a dollar theater. And that's, I did a lot of hanging out there. So, I mean, if showboat was in Southland mall, I probably would have hung out at the mall a hell of a lot more. Just didn't my mall that was close to me didn't offer a lot of reasons for me to go hang out. Teens, other teens seem to want to go there to hang out at the mall because that's just something that you do. Though, you know, I did in high school have a friend who worked at the t-shirt shop. See, I was going to say that's the other thing. In high, in my high school years, a lot of people I knew worked at, like, Livonia Mall at Seven Mile right. Middle Belt. So it even was... Even then, like, I would go in, go straight to the t-shirt shop, hang out, in the mail. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, I'd get I'd get bored if they worked at a sporting goods shop, and I go to my friend at the record shop, and I get bored there, and then I go to my friend at the movie theater, and be like, "Sneak me in," and he's like, "Cheap ass, it's a dollar," and I'm like, "I know, but I'm broke." Right. Sneak me in. <laughs> but you don't. But, but hey, you know, those are examples then. of those are other examples of, of stores that you're not seeing in these malls either. You know, we want to blame the fact that Sears can't uh, keep a store open as to why malls are crumbling. But the you already said the arcade. I mean, there's still food courts all over the place, but most of them suck. Um, uh, what was the other one that you had mentioned? The record store. Uh, there used to be oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck finding one of those. It's not an independent one, like Rock of Ages or something. Record store, movie store. Um, well, the t-shirt shop again is another example. That's kind of an indie thing, like. Hmm. It was. I mean, what do you go to the mall for now? It's like if you don't want to go to Sears, then you want to buy something from the Gap, Banana Republic, Wet Seal, Forever Twenty One. I mean, any number of other 
nationwide chain stores that you'll find the same shit everywhere. Well, I mean, honestly, and, the last... And you can well, now just easily browse through. And if you're not lying to your online, and if you're not lying to yourself about your size, you'll have no problems. I The last time I've been to a mall to actually shop, where it wasn't something along the lines of going there for work purposes or something, was, man, five, six years ago. And it had been easily... Damn. Four or five years before that. <clears throat> See, I and frequent them way more than that. The only Usually reason one I went, of my shoes start to fall apart. The only reason I went is because uh, the store that I had, I had went to to buy something, they were like, oh, we're sold out. And I'm like, well, do you have any stores in the area? And they said, yeah, we have one in Westland Mall. And they have a copy of what you're looking for. And so I went there and, and got that. And... Uh, it, Here's the thing. As a, what was I, 35 at that point? As a 35-year-old man walking into the mall, all the fun and, and, and fuckery that I would have, you know, maybe participated in as a teenager was gone, and I was just like, oh, God. Let me, what's, what interest is closest to the store I need to go to? Let me go in, get what I need, and get the fuck out of here. You know, so even, once again, even that nostalgia I have, is it's only nostalgia for when I was a certain age at malls. Right. Because when I go in them now, I'm just like, oh, my God, Jesus. Especially having to go in around Christmas time when I have to go in for work purposes. I fucking hate it. I can't stand it. The crowds, I'm just like, get out of my way. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with you people. Seriously. Yeah, just, shit. just just, Just move. And how do we not That's understand? Like the advent There's, of the outdoor mall. How do we not understand? There is a, a, a hallway. There are kiosks in the middle. One side goes one way. The other side goes the other way. Why is everyone trying to walk both ways and walking into each other and getting in each other's way? I just... It, it, they try to do that at the airport. They actually direct you to do that, and it doesn't work out. There you we're go. going to pick up on this on our own? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm expecting a little too much from... a. My fellow human beings, but once, but see, now that I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I just, I don't know. I, it's it's just hey, it's just strange. Nostalgia is a pro Nostalgia is a powerful drug. Well, and it's also just strange because to someone like my brother, I don't think when he thinks of I need to get something, I'm pretty sure unless it's like a, like we're talking about a specialty store or something, he can drive a couple minutes to pick up what he needs or a grocery store or something like that. Uh, I don't think he thinks of like going to a mall and going to a store in a mall. He probably thinks of ordering it online. I know that yeah. I know that I have friends that are very close to my age and they're like, I don't buy shit. I buy everything online. I I order my groceries and they bring them to me, and I'm like, God damn! I at least go pick them up. You know, Dude, I shit. deal with Mandy all the time that I'm slowly trying to phase out people. <laughs> it, it, that's what it kind of feels like, though, doesn't it? It's like push a button and give me things. At a certain point, make it how, the least how, hassle as possible. At a certain point, how much of you know how misandrous can we be about it? <laughs> you know, like fuck everybody. I don't want to deal with nobody. But I ultimately, yeah, hey, Kmart, Kmart, Kmart closing doesn't bother me um, because, like I said, I, I didn't even know that Kmart was still. They still had enough stores open for it to be a big story that they were closing. 
You remember when they tried Big K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that went over like a turd in a punch bowl. Yeah. Well, so you know, as long as we're talking about online shopping, this reminds me of Trump. In that he likes to tweet about, well, I think because he personally hates Jeff Bezos, about how Amazon doesn't pay any tax. And what's interesting about that is that if you follow this, you know that only recently did Amazon start paying taxes on goods that it directly sells. But that's only like... I forget the numbers, but it was way less than 50% of their business. But does he want to play this game? Wait, wait, hold on. Let me finish. Hold on. I haven't finished explaining it yet. So they do pay taxes on the on the goods that they directly sell through Amazon, but over 50% of their business, and I think it was closer to 70% actually, consists of third-party sellers that don't pay any taxes. So in a way, this is kind of where one where Trump is right on. Like, we've gotten them to pay some tax on the goods that go through Amazon, but only like 30 to at the most 50% of those goods. Does he want... I mean, I've been kind of on his side with this whole tax return thing. Like, I don't think it really fucking matters. Didn't matter before Jimmy Carter. Why does it all of a sudden fucking matter? But really, man, oh. you're going to play this game? You're, you're talking about Going someone not Jeff paying Bezos? their taxes when you won't let us see yours? Come oh, on, okay. man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It, it is interesting that he does want to have it both ways because while he won't show us his taxes, he has... Um, basically defended the action of playing the system, which I think is defensible, actually. You know, if there's a convoluted system and you found a way through it that means that you pay less money, who the fuck wouldn't do that? You know, in his words, you're just stupid if you don't. And that's one of the few things that I can actually agree with Trump on. See, I don't think it makes you stupid if you don't. I think it makes you a better citizen. If you do, well, because you do realize okay. that you have to pay into the system that you do profit from, no, whether you want to no, admit me, it or not. Me, me personally, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't get complicated with my taxes. I don't fight for every dollar back. I, I just don't. And even if I was making millions of dollars, I'd probably just be like, I don't know, just fucking. I, I wish that we lived in a country where the government says, hey. We did your taxes for you. Can you sign this to say you agree? Be like, yep. oh God, don't let your libertarian fucking mafia hear you say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no way I'm letting those assholes touch my personal taxes. No See? way. <laughs> there no, they no, go. No, but hold on, hold on. You, but but I I I understand that inclination. But this goes hand in hand with a vastly si- simplified tax system that even a fifth grader could understand. So. It's not like it makes. It's not like we have the current fucked up tier system with lots of loopholes that we do currently. And I'm wanting the government to go uh, just sign this, to sign off that whatever we did was cool. No, because how would you? You'd have to pay somebody else to unravel that just to make sure you weren't getting getting fucked over. Hey, sign but this. It We're the government trust to, us. But it doesn't have to be that difficult. You have a very simplified tax structure. This happens in other countries quite successfully, and people don't mind. They don't bitch about the, the amount of taxes that they pay or try and get out of paying uh, more taxes. They have a really math-simple 
fifth grade level math simple tax system that everybody participates in and the government <coughs> gives you your forms at the end and says here's how we've calculated it what you've paid what you should owe based on this information and the end result you know here's your refund or here's what you owe us and it doesn't mean you don't have a recourse that you can't be like hey so the government's trying to fuck me on this i'm going to get a lawyer i'm going to take this to court and fight it that is a recourse but if it's that simple i mean if you if your tax structure is that simple it should be that simple to agree to a tax statement to be able to look at it with any degree of education as an adult and go well this seems to all make sense or it doesn't this idea that i have to prepare myself in some way or even prepare somebody else to know every nook and cranny of this tax law in order to make sure that I'm not getting fucked over, that I'm paying an unfair share while my neighbor is paying half of that. If Trump can actually get something done on on tax reform, great. I think it's me already, but not for, you know, not for the rest of us. Right. (laughs) Well, but but again, that's going going to involve doing... Go ahead. I, just, I don't think I've ever asked either of you guys. What are you guys' thoughts on like a flat tax? I, that I simplifies everything. Sure. I mean, it, the concept of a simplified tax structure. Yes. Um, I I don't know if I would agree to a flat tax in every situation. I don't know. It's too nebulous, and I'm not that good with numbers <laughs> to say. Yeah, definitely. It would be in every. Well, it's just it, it always seemed to me like. Something you always heard coming from politicians who leaned more conservative, and it was—I I, I can't remember—one uh, of the Al Franken books. He really tore it down and deconstructed it. Um, but I think it was like you know, okay, everybody pays seventeen percent, and then if you make over this amount, then they add to the percentage that you pay, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and basically getting rid of it's all tax write offs. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. And well, that's, that's the I, problem is that that's what actual tax reform would look like. And if that can be accomplished, I, I would applaud it. But how, do you think there's any way that a Republican Congress is going to put together a plan that takes away loopholes from businesses and doesn't, and, and not give them something back so that, that at the end of the day, the, te- the companies are paying. Just as much or possibly even less? That's where Al Franken said it, that their whole plan falls apart. Right. That if you wanted to do that for private citizens, fine. Yeah. And this was, this, was, this, I, this was one of his books he wrote in the 90s that when I remember reading this. So, I mean, this is before they were given, uh, there was corporate personhood. And he's like, you know, but corporations, you can't do that because they're going to do one of two things. They're going to take their ball and go home and say, well, I'm going to go someplace where that's, they're more tax-friendly, and they're going to move all their operations and their headquarters over there. Or they're just going to pay politicians to make exceptions and loopholes for them through lobbyists, which is probably the, the, the first thing they would try. And if that didn't work, they'd just say, well, fuck it. I mean, how many, <clears throat> how many stories have we heard about rock stars and business people from Europe who were tax exiles in the 60s and 70s. I mean, the whole Rolling Stones album, Exile on Main Street, that they recorded that in what, France? Because they were running from the taxes in Europe? 
So, well, I mean, right. it's I not mean, unheard taxes, of for that to happen. Corporate taxes to the government run like any, like any part of capitalism does. I mean, there's an, a, a kind of agreed-upon price. I mean, the same way that, that capitalism can set its own wages, and I, I know that we've had debates about that in the past. I don't want to get off on a tangent on it, but you find generally a market price for what companies are willing to pay before they start going out of their way and are willing to spend money to do whatever it is, hire lawyers, relocate, do whatever, in order to get back to the level that they feel is the market price for the taxes they should be paying. So in a way, a flat tax, even with the understanding that you're not going to get corporations to pay anymore, at least is more open and honest system where you're not you're not playing this game between corporations and the government. Government says, we would really like you to pay this much. And you're like, yeah, but I was able to take all these exceptions and only pay this much. And I don't know. I mean, what it, I guess it, it depends on what you're looking to accomplish. If what you're looking to accomplish is that your opinion is that big corporations pay an unfairly small amount of tax and they should pay more, well, then having a flat tax isn't going to help you in that situation. If what you could accomplish with uh, having a flat tax is having a more transparent system so that if you're worried about what Corporation X was was up to, it was less obfuscated. You know, if it it came to just... I'm not talking about like... Uh, corporation under investigation just if if anybody wanted to look into and i know this isn't something that we tend to do a lot unless they're getting really bad press like walmart but just did a little common sense digging on the internet to find out what is this company that i want to spend all this money with what are they really all about what do they do what do they support anything are are those things antithetical to my personal beliefs so if you if you want to get i would argue for a flat tax just in the favor of having more transparencies in what our corporations are doing because the same way that there i mean there's a, it's really an exchange of money there right when a loophole is provided to a business it's the government saying well we appreciate you paying all this money our way we're going to give you a little kickback there and if you've got two parties that both want to accomplish something, there's more that goes along with that money than just, hey, I can use this to do more things with. There's there's understandings that come with that. So again, it all plays into this system that is set up like a game, right? And it's not even like, a, 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 oh, what do you call it? Type of game you watch. There's a term for it. A sport? Uh, Spectator. Spectator sport. Thank you. It's not even a spectator sport. It's like football if nobody ever explained the rules to you. You're like, uh, all I know is that there's a lot of people running around. Sometimes the ball goes this way. Sometimes it goes that way. You know, that's what we know about our tax system. I know that, you know, corporations have a lot of lawyers and politicians have a lot of lobbyists and. Sometimes the money goes this way, and sometimes it goes back that way. So 
for transparency in that system because it tells us not only a lot about what our corporations are doing but what our government is doing yeah i would support a flat tax i wouldn't if but again if you think that flat tax would level it out so that the corporations are paying exactly what they should be for their tier they just can't take all these tax breaks and loopholes anymore that's not going to happen See, I, I, and, I, I and even if it did, even if it did happen, just like you were saying, or you're quoting from Al Franken, they would find ways to not make it happen. They they know what their market price for what they should be paying in taxes is, and they will find a way to do that. The same way that McDonald's knows what its budgets for budget for employees is, and raising the minimum wage doesn't raise their budget for employees. No, nobody seems to understand that. But what do I know? Only work well, in the right. business Ex- on well, the front line right. with I mean, the owners. Look, these. St- <laughs> yeah, but you've you've had direct experience with this. These these yes. businesses operate on cookie cutters basis. They say you have you know x amount of square feet in area with this type of population. You should be bringing in this amount of money, which means this is what your your. Uh, st- this is what your employee, your payroll should be right here. It's a percentage of your business, just like your electricity is, just like your water is, like your food yep. costs, like everything else is. It is set out for you. I've managed corporate uh, businesses before. I've managed a guitar center before. They, I had to keep my payroll. And mind you, this is uh, a payroll based on most of my employees being paid on commission, I had to keep it within a total uh, percentage of my gross sales. If I'm overshooting that, the directive was, who can you afford to lose? Yeah. Got to make the, it's, it's got to be money left over. It's kind of how it works. So there's a budget for it. The same way there's a budget for taxes. You want to start a business, you're expecting to pay this much in taxes. And that's considering that we paid a lawyer and a tax professional to figure out how little we can actually pay. It doesn't, it doesn't change when you go to a flat rate. They just pay more lawyers. Well, you, you touched upon something, and I, I was going to bring it up earlier, and it just slipped my mind, but uh, did you guys hear about Missouri and their minimum wage? No. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not familiar. They actually lowered it from ten dollars to seven seventy. <laughs> Holy shit! That's an attack on human rights. Uh, yep, stated to take effect or slated to take effect August twenty eighth. Uh, it's twenty three percent cut. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I mean, I'm not for a minimum wage, but I don't know how you can justify that as your minimum wage if you're going to have one. What the seven seventy? Yeah, that's what I was making like 20 years ago as minimum wage in Michigan. Uh, well, apparently Missouri, cost of living must be a lot cheaper. I'm, I have no idea. I've never lived there. so. But yeah, um, which, I mean... <laughs> well, what's the, what was the problem there? That I mean, was there a sustainability problem in business? Well, I mean... that people it, were buying too many flat screen TVs when they... From this is they still live in an apartment. Full disclosure: this article is from Huffington Post. It's just the first one that popped up. Um, 
if you thought the minimum wage only moved in one direction, Missouri Republicans have a surprise for you. As after St. Louis leaders raised the wage floor for workers within city limits, the state GOP recently passed what's known as the statewide preemption law, forbidding localities from taking such matters into their own hands. On Friday, Governor Eric Greitens, I think that's how it's pronounced, said he would let the law go into effect, thereby barring cities and counties from setting a minimum wage higher than the state level. Ah, there is where it starts to make sense. So, um, so you, I mean, you have local governments setting their own minimum wage, and the state stepping in and overriding it. And I mean, just, just you know, just to play the little shit stir that I like to be in, in stuff like this. Uh, yeah, that's a Republican governor that made sure that happened, and I'm pretty sure he's all for states' rights over federal control of states. So, boy, but he's not over cities' cities' rights over control of uh, states' or over excuse me local control over the state control is he? So, I, once again, I like how people cherry pick when and where their right. their you know morals start, you know. It's just like the whole legalization of weed thing with the, with the, with conservatives, you know. States' rights, states' rights. Hey, this state legalized weed. We got to get the federal government in there to stop that. The fuck? Aren't you the states', states rights, rights party? Comes to weed and abortion. Yeah, aren't you so the what, states' rights party? So what you can smoke and who you can fuck. It's state rights. But it, it, this this kind of yeah, just I, states' rights and still it grosses me out. You know this, <laughs> this kind of because uh, that goes for marriage too goes into something that I, I had sent you guys a couple of weeks ago that just got lost in the shuffle of, of the everyday madness we've been experiencing here the last couple of weeks, which is um, how Disney's pulling all their programming from Netflix to start their own streaming service. And Yeah, uh, that's good because I can avoid it all at once. And on top of that, now HBO is pulling all their programming from Amazon Prime. Yeah, but does so, Disney own all your precious Marvel there. movies, Aaron? Disney nope, own the, Star Wars. The Marvel and Star Wars universes will remain separate, and a lot of it's still available on Netflix. Um, I think they it's took funny. all the shitty shit and fucked off, and that's good because I've always hated that Disney. Sl- uh, I forgot another. I thought you were going to say Disney. <laughs> I always hated that Disney slut. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ariel. Fucking, Fucking jazz whore. slut. <laughs> um, I think it's funny because, I, you know, the whole point of streaming services and a-, a la carte TV channels was to defeat the cost, the soaring cost of cable for shit you didn't want. Now, mm. businesses saw that people were willing to pay 10, 15 bucks a month to Netflix, whatever it is, depending on your, you know, the service you choose. And they're going, Oh, well then you'll be willing to pay another 15 bucks a month and pay for our shit. Cause we're just going to make it exclusive to our channel. And it's like, do you people not understand that this is going to basically open the door for people in tech to find another way to get your shit for free? Like you are, it's like with the whole you know file sharing thing with Napster. Oh well, we'll just do streaming. There, there we go. That that'll that'll solve the problem, and it didn't. 
people, you know, it, oh, well, we'll shut down the Pirate Bay and we'll shut down this and that, and that'll solve the problem. It doesn't. I mean, these corporations got to realize, look, what's the difference between paying $200 a month for cable for 300 channels that you watch 20 of and paying $200 a month for five, six, seven different streaming services? Because this one has, you know, Amazon Prime has the, the one show you want to watch. Netflix has this show you want to watch. Uh, uh, Hulu has this show you want to watch. The Disney one has this. Right. HBO has this. By the time I pay for all this shit, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say fuck you and go pirate it. You want to fucking, you want to keep gouging us for your shit? We're going to keep doing this. You have no choice. You you are not in control of the situation. And, and these corporations don't get that. The right. only people I know well, who pay for every channel, streaming channel, and I mean on their own, there's no shared passwords or nothing like that. The only people I know that do that are people that have money to the point where money's not an issue to them. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, I think this is another situation where the market is finding its own price, right? So I, I think a lot of people are in the situation. It's not an either-or situation for most people. It's not... I pay for all my content or I pirate all my content. Most people have a mixture mm-hmm. and it's just about how much you decide what what is your budget, you know? Hey, I decided that I can budget for Netflix and HBO and Amazon. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, Cinemax has a show that I want to see. Well, I'm not going to fucking pay for a whole other subscription. I can't afford that, but I still want to watch it and I have options to do that that aren't legal. But You've decided what your market price for, uh, for what you should be paying for content is, right? You've capped it. Maybe it's fifty dollars. Okay, I have fifty dollars worth of su- subscriptions. Everything else that I want to find, I'll just pirate it. Fuck it. And yeah, you, you're absolutely right. It's kind of the same situation that we we're talking about corporations and the tax law. You have a stricter tax law. You get rid of all loopholes, but leave the same rate. Well, then you just get, they're going to find other ways to do it. Well, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, okay, you know, just be, because I'm a Stephen King fan, it's the example I'm going to use. There's a lot of different television shows that are being made from, and miniseries being made from his books. And there's a J.J. Abrams produced show called Castle Rock, which is not necessarily. Yep one of his books but it's based in a town that a lot of his books are based in so you're going to see a lot of the characters from that have right. been in multiple books and that's on one streaming service and then I want to see Kudo versus Firestarter you know like Sorry. Mr. Mercedes is on another streaming service and then The Mist is on a third streaming service and yeah. it's just you know it keeps going it keeps going it keeps going and it's like you know I understand that we value our entertainment a whole lot in this country, but at a certain point, do you think these people in these boardrooms are going, look, here's the deal. If we can get just, just, and I'm just throwing numbers out. These numbers mean nothing. If we can get 10 million people to subscribe, we don't care if our shit gets pirated because that's the only way I can understand how they would, how they can just justify this. There's two things to consider here. I mean, there are different models that you're talking about here. HBO in in particular, you know, I if I want HBO through my cable provider, I pay $15. If I want HBO directly from HBO, I pay $15. 
How much of that do you think my cable provider is getting of that $15? Probably most of it. So there's a big difference between what HBO gets from me directly versus what I pay through a third party. And it totally makes sense for HBO to do that. Now, to it's a totally different thing to just go, well, this is, streaming content is really taking off, so we're just going to come up with our own network and, and make it exclusive and, and just try and, and be one more thing that floods the market with with uh, entertainment. And in situations like that, I think you actually will see the price of it go down. You know, when we have, you know, as much as we like to complain about cable bills when we had them and how many channels you never watched that were part of your package that you just always skipped over. But when it comes down to all the programs that you want to watch and where they're available, if you paid for everything, then your cable bill probably wouldn't... And compare that to your cable bill. If you just went straight streaming, cut the cable, and still watched everything that you wanted to watch, your cable, your bill would be just as high, if not even more. Because you'd have to subscribe to just about damn near everything. Yeah. And 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 add insult to injuries when you end up with shit like Hulu. Hulu used to be free. If you wanted to watch something on, because they offered the, the the network television online, you just had to sit through commercials. Then it was, hey, if you want commercial free, then you pay for Hulu. Then it was, well, if you want more than the last two episodes that were on air. You pay for Hulu. But we're also going to make you sit through commercials now that you're paying for it unless you want to go to a higher tier paid system. Right. And now it's like, okay, if it's a network television show, you get the last two weeks or the last two episodes that aired and for free, everything else you have to pay for. But we're also offering exclusive content you cannot get even if you do sit through commercials unless you pay for it. And it's like, look, I understand you, you know, making a buck and I have nothing against it but it's like guys at a certain point you're you're fucking yourselves you're making it so people don't feel bad whether they should or they shouldn't and I'm not even getting into the morals of whether you should or shouldn't pirate things but you're right. getting you're getting to the point where people are like fuck you man you want me to pay fucking 10 bucks a month to sit through commercials and if I don't want to sit through commercials I got to pay 20 bucks a month right well okay so but here's another aspect of this <laughs> of piracy uh, to use the example of bands I mean we've heard from a lot of bands like Metallica that speak out about piracy and then we've heard from other bands like Wilco that <clears throat> excuse me I had a frog <clears throat> we had other bands like Wilco who understand piracy and just understand that that's just part of people's experience with it, right? With it, with their music. And even when they track numbers, they said, well, here's the number one album that is illegally downloaded. It also happens to be the number one album out of all of our catalog in sales. <coughs> and it's it goes way, well beyond that one well, example. Well, it's There's Radiohead's numerous artists. biggest selling album, the one that they told you to pay what you wanted for. Right, it was one of their no, biggest asking, successes. It? Oh yeah, no, it was yeah, absolutely. And 
Yeah, in, in Rainbows is one of their best-selling albums, too. I don't think it's outsold uh, um, whatever. Anyway, uh, th- that's just those are just examples. There's thousands of artists out there who have all experienced the same thing. So it's, a, it's not a direct one-to-one, like, for every for every uh you know song tv episode movie that is downloaded we are losing x amount of money as a company you know one of the number one downloaded tv shows right now is game of thrones well what do we know about game of thrones we know that it is one of the most talked about certainly shows that hbo has ever had one of the most watched through its streaming service, through cable. And it is also one of the most expensive television shows to ever be produced. So you're telling me that if they're really just giving that shit away to millions of people, that they still have that many millions of dollars sitting around to dump into season seven, which is the most expensive season out of a horrendously expensive television show. I mean, those... If that were true, those numbers wouldn't add up. That's what I'm saying. If 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 the amount of money coming in was being diminished by piracy directly, they would stop it. Say, look, uh, okay, clearly there's people out here that like it, but all that matters to us is the people who are willing to pay for it. The people who are willing to pay for it. The people who, like, ride or die on Game of Thrones, and if that... If that shit was to be canceled before it was wrapped up, they would cancel their HBO subscription. <coughs> Sorry, I don't know what my problem is. Hold on, I need to hydrate. Yeah, it just it. These companies see this shit. They don't like the fact that everybody's downloading Game of Thrones, but they love the fact that everybody's watching it and talking about it. Well, that's what I was getting at. I they can't. Uh, hope is is the wrong word to use. It can't be that short sighted at this point. This is not ninety nine with Napster and record companies going. Well, wait a minute. We you know we were gouging people for the prices for LPs for years, and then we come out with CDs which were <laughs> cost pennies to produce, and then we gouged them with prices for that. We stopped selling yeah. singles, so. I like how the price went up when your production costs went down. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it's not... They can't be sitting there going, well, gee, I wonder why people are pirating our shit. This is this is almost 20 years later. We know why their people are pirating shit, you know? And I truly... Maybe I'm overestimating the, the honesty of people, but I think if people had a choice of paying for a product and getting it legally versus the hassle of getting it illegally and they would they would choose to pay for it but when you sit there and you have the same mentality as record companies did of well fuck it we're going to gouge them for as much as we can get from them well then don't be shocked when people are like well then fuck you i'll take the extra five fucking minutes to go look at at the at the streaming sites and on top of that as far as i know streaming laws are are a lot more lax than downloading laws you can watch anything streamed and not be prosecuted for it. I mean, obviously you can't watch child porn being streamed, but you get my drift. Yeah. That's Technically, you don't own it. You didn't get a copy of it, and you didn't post a copy of it. You're not distributing something illegally gotten, and you're not owning something illegally gotten. 
So, I mean, someone hosts something someplace where our copyright laws doesn't touch them on a server in a country that our copyright laws can't touch them at, boom, problem solved. Well, we, we've also seen, too, that, God damn it, <coughs> it's not profitable for these companies to prosecute individual piracy, piracy cases. And if it was, they'd certainly still be doing it. Yeah, and I think out of all the last, uh, or the last of all the uh, entertainment facets of entertainment that tried to go after people on an individual basis was probably porn. Because I remember reading not that long ago, maybe five, six, seven years, about there was one last blast from some major porn studio trying to go after people that had downloaded and shared a file. And I was like, oh, okay, you're locking the you're locking the barn door after the horse is gone on this one. Yeah. I gotta go grab some water real quick. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, I feel like I'm actually losing my voice. Damn. So should we wrap it up? I was. I was drinking water the whole time, but I kept. I know it still feels like super scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to. In that pipe, son. I don't think I can. Uh, I don't think I got it in me anymore. Oh, damn. Did Rich ran it so hard last damn week, it. he gave himself a hernia. Aaron's losing his voice. <laughs> Look at what we do for you people. All right? We are physically injuring yeah, ourselves to give you a good show. So you can thank us by going to wherever you get your podcast from. You can rate us five stars, please. You know, four, four, four is acceptable. Uh, you know, make sure you leave a review. Uh, you can follow us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Email the show, Unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Or on Instagram somewhere. We're on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, the downloads go up every week. Every month's better than the last. So, yeah. I guess it means you like it. Maybe it's Donald Trump's fault. I don't know. But <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right. Later, guys. See ya. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.